Good morning. Hi, everybody. <laughs> uh, welcome back to Date Night at the Coffee Shop. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I'm Bart. I'm Sam. And we're excited to have you guys along with us today. Um, for those of you that are new to our show, uh, what we do each episode, at the beginning of each episode, we try a new kind of coffee, um, kind of give our thoughts and review on it, um, and then we talk about any kind of random topic that we feel like talking about. Um, so we usually have a lot of fun doing these. Um, we hope that you enjoy it. Uh, today our topic is one of our favorite topics, actually, one of our, our uh, favorite things. hobbies, yeah. favorite things, yeah. <laughs> Uh, These we're are talking... a few of my favorite things. Exactly. <laughs> um, Julie Andrews would be proud. Uh, but today we are actually talking about tattoos. Um, so we're excited about this one. I know. Um, kind of the history of tattoos, some of the symbolism going through different styles. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy this one. Um, I'm pretty excited to, to talk about this. Um, our coffee today is from a coffee company called Raven's Brew Coffee. Um, and this one is called Dead Man's Reach. It's a dark brew. Uh, it's organic. It looks really good. It smells really good, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, Raven's Brew Coffee, they're a, uh, Alaskan-based company. They started in Alaska. Um, so, yeah. All right, let's go ahead and... Take our first sip. Yeah. Oh, before we take our sip, I do want to give some of the tasting notes, um, that's listed on the website. It says, heavy, full body of dark bittersweet chocolate and hazelnuts with a sweet bite i'm here so, for it that sounds oh. delicious i love dark bittersweet chocolate here we go first sip mm, not getting much chocolate but it is good it's very smooth it is it's very smooth it's not very acidic um it's it's really earthy it's it is i definitely t- i definitely taste the bitter like Initially, so let me mm-hmm. get a second. Sip. I can I can taste the hazelnuts. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. Nice and dark, bold. Yeah, that's great. So again, that was um, Dead Man's Reach by Ravens Brew Coffee. Uh, what would you give that one? Okay, so me personally. Because I like my coffee to be a little bit on the sweeter side, like less bitter. I like more mild flavors. I'm probably actually going to give it like a six, five and a half, six. Okay, it's, five and a half to six. It's good. It is good. It's just not my coffee. Mm-hmm. Like I can objectively state that this is good coffee without like personally enjoying it that much. Does that make right. sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, get, I get that. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can kind of tell... You know, when things are just good quality, even mm-hmm. though they're not really to your taste. Exactly. Um, I, this actually is like one of my coffees. Like, <laughs> this is really good to me. I, I really like this. Uh, I would probably give this like an eight, eight and a half. Nice. Yeah. I mean, it's good <clears throat> coffee. Like it's good coffee. Yeah. This, this is like right up my alley. Objectively an eight. Sure, I can give it that, but for me personally, it's like a six. Yeah, you can taste that the beans are really good quality, but mm-hmm. I really like the taste. Yeah. As well, so. Yeah, I need. Yeah, my that's little, so that's smoother. Right, uh, that's understandable. I feel like it's pretty smooth enough. Well, but. like it that maybe that's not the right adjective, but I need it to be less intense. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. I like I like the intense. I don't know you like it where it puts hair on your chest. Yeah. I'm not a fan of that. Well, <laughs> to each their own. 
Um, all right, so again, that was Dead Man's Reach by Raven's Brew Coffee. Um, you can find them online at ravensbrewcoffee.com. Um, we're also going to be posting some pictures of the bag and yeah. the bag uh, stuff is like that. gorgeous. I love the bag. Yeah, it's got some cool artwork on it. Um, so yeah, uh, go check them out. Try their stuff. They're really good. Um, My fiber share partner last year actually gave me some Ravens Brew Coffee. That's what that was. Oh, that was the Raven. Okay, I didn't know that was the same brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's it was cool. a different, different. I thought the artwork looked familiar. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, for sure. All right, so let's go ahead and get into our topic. Again, today we're talking about tattoos um, and just kind of everything about them, the history that we know about them, um, different types of styles and um, symbolism, I think, and some stuff like that. Yes. So let's go ahead and jump into it. So tell me, what do we know about tattoos? Okay, so let's start with history. Favorite place to start. Okay, so evidence for tattooing has been around since the Neolithic period. Um, through tools and depictions of tattoos on figurines and art, right? So, like, that's kind of, they're like, oh, this person has, ta- this little figurine of a person has tattoo, and, like, they're, mm-hmm. like, has a tattoo, and they're, like, have see tools for it and all that kind of stuff. But the oldest discovery of a tattooed um, human skin, of tattooed human skin to date is found on the body of Otzi the Iceman, mm-hmm. dating between 3,370 and 3,100 B.C. Otzi has 61 tattoos. Wow. Yes. So um, the the oldest tattooed human being that we know of was covered. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So he has a total of 61 tattoos <clears throat> consisting of 19 groups of black lines ranging from 1 to 3 millimeters in thickness and 7 to 40 millimeters long. Hmm. So just... Just a bunch of lines. Mm-hmm. These include groups of parallel lines running along the longitudinal axis of his body to both sides of the lumbar spine. So he has up and down and like across lines. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as a cruciform mark behind the right knee and on his right ankle and parallel lines around the left wrist. So Interesting. It's, yeah, it's got him on back, knees, wrist, and ankle. Um, the greatest co- concentration of markings is found on his legs, which t- uh, together exhibit 12 groups of lines. Um, a microscopic examination of the samples collected from these tattoos revealed that they were created from uh, pig- pigment manufactured out of fireplace ash or soot. Okay, interesting. So he, they made some black ink out of, out of some ash and used that. Mm-hmm. Do they know what kind of tools they used I don't think so do them um yeah I don't think they know the tools but they do know based on where the tattoos were on his body it's believed that they were placed there to alleviate pain and used as therapeutic technique hmm interesting isn't that cool it it is cool but I just I mean so I I guess it's kind of like acupuncture or something like that that's what I'm thinking but like what's the point of the ink I don't you know, know, like, wouldn't you get the same effect from, or, or it, did that? Is the ink supposed to have some sort of effect? Maybe from the ash. I'm not sure. That's a good question. Yeah, I thought that was super interesting. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, that's why I get my tattoos. Yeah, that's what I'm going to tell. Oh, can can we like? Can there be like a medical? Can I get a prescription for a <laughs> tattoo, please? Yeah. Yes, please. Um. So the oldest figurative tattoos in the world were discovered on two mummies from Egypt, uh, which are dated between 3,351 and 3,017 BC. All right, so roughly pretty close to the same time period, just like maybe 
25 years or so Yeah, and figurative, later. figurative in this context, meaning, like, artwork, <clears throat> like, for beauty's sake instead of for, like, therapeutic sake. Right, so, yeah. like, something that had actual, like, design to it, yeah. not just straight lines. Yeah, Aesthet- um, for aesthetic purposes. Right, so yeah. we're looking at, like, 25 to 50 years later, mm-hmm. um, these Egyptians came on the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so almost every ancient culture used tattoos for varying reasons. Some cultures viewed them as signifiers of respect and adornment, like in the Philippines, um, indigenous people of North America and Polynesian cultures. Um, some cultures used them to identify prisoners or slaves, like in China and Greece. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, so in the 18th century, the 18th century explorer, Everybody who is a tattoo historian, please stick with me. I, I, I say the truth in a minute. Okay. 18th century explorer Captain James Cook is widely considered to be the first person to have introduced the word um, now known as tattoo to Europe. After returning to the continent, continent in 1771 after his first voyage to, to Tahiti and New Zealand, he was fascinated by the Polynesian um, islanders' practice of tatau, which literally translates as to write where men and women were inked with spectacular, stunningly beautiful designs. The marks in general were spirals, um, or quote, quote, the marks in general are spirals drawn with great nicety and even elegance, end quote, he wrote. Okay, so it's important to note right here that tattooing was not introduced to the West through James Cook. That much is clear. Tattooing has been around uh, Western cultures forever, as we know. He just introduced the word we all commonly use. Right. So he just kind of, he, he gave it a name for a us. Un, a unifying name. Right. Because prior to this word, the other words that were used were pricked, marked, engraved, decorated, punctured, stained, embroidered, etc. Mm-hmm. So he brought like a, as like a unifying word to tau. Right. Yeah. And so you said that comes from um, the Polynesian Islanders. Mm-hmm. Uh, they called it tattoo, mm-hmm. and then I guess he heard that as tattoo. Yeah, he butchered it like white people tend to do. Right. But yeah, so um, famous tattoo historian Anna Felicity Friedman also points out that the growing print culture at the time of Cook's voyages may have increased the visibility of tattooing, despite its prior existence in the West. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk just this little side note about her. Anna Felicity Friedman has been studying tattoos for a really long time. Like, and if you see pictures of her, she's covered. It's pretty cool. Um, she has some really great resources for anyone that's interested, including, um, she has started the center for tattoo history and culture. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah. She has, she's a sociologist. Right. Yes. So we need to go there. Yeah. We need to find this, this center. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I think it's like all virtual right now and they're like trying to get funding for it. And it basically is going to get, um, all of like the print materials that, that we have and know of for like tattoo history and all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's so fascinating. That's awesome. Definitely check her out. So yeah, there's this huge debate. Everyone was like, Oh, James Cook, he did this thing. He brought tattoos and everyone. And then like true historians are like, no, no, he did not. Yeah. He just, Named it. Yeah, he just brought the word to, like, a unifying thing. So, okay, in 1988, scholar Arnold Rubin created Marks of Civilization, which is a book. um, It's a collection on the history of tattoos. In it, the term tattoo renaissance was coined. It's referring to a, a period marked by technological, artistic, and social change where tattooed individuals were members 
of the counterculture started to display their art as a form of resistance to the man and to the heteronormative uh, homogeneous group. In this renaissance, tattoo clients changed from sailors, bikers, and gang members to the middle and upper class. There was also a shift in the art styles themselves from the badge-like images on repetitive pre-made designs, flash, um, to, um, let's see, to customized full-body tattoos influenced by Polynesian and Japanese and Japanese tattoo art known as sleeves. Mm-hmm. So in 1988, like around this time is when stuff started to shift. Right. This is when it was really more about like art and kind of using it to express mm-hmm. yourself. Instead of the flash sheets, you know, that were around right. at the time and all that kind of stuff, which is kind of what you what you see, what, like the mom tattoo, you know? Yeah. That kind of stuff and like anchors and sailors to and make like big artistic pieces mm-hmm. yeah um around this time also tattooers transformed into tattoo artists and men and women with fine art backgrounds began to enter the profession alongside older traditional t- tattooists hmm. so yeah uh the wikipedia page is actually pretty in in depth and it talks a little mm-hmm. bit about the shift and it talks a lot about like the history and so that is pretty good. That's where I got some of this from. And then I got from, I got a lot of stuff from tattoodo.com. Um, during the two thousands, the presence of tattoos became evident within pop culture, inspiring television shows such as A&E's inked and TLC's Miami Inc. and LA Inc. What is it that we watch with? What's that dude? Dave Navarro. Yes. What's uh, that? Ink Masters. Oh, I, I love that show so much. I haven't watched much. it in a long time, but yeah, that one was really cool. That one is so good because like, it's like stretching. Like, I would love to be a canvas. Just, I would love that. That would be so cool. Like, can I be a canvas for? Yeah. I, I don't know if it's free or not. Shoot. I'd probably pay a little bit. I'd pay some money to be a canvas. Yeah, it should at least be like... a discount though, because it is like a trial run. But... Yeah. But, I mean, they are all, like, professional tattoo artists that, mm-hmm. that enter the show. Mm-hmm. So, for those of you that, that don't, that are maybe not familiar with it, um, so, Ink Masters, and I'm assuming a lot of these other shows, um, it's basically, it's a, like, it's a competition reality show where tattoo artists come on and then they are given, like, certain challenges by the judges to do and it's based on then, different styles. Yeah, they'll 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 have to do things in different kinds of styles, which we'll get to with different, um, you know, different themes and stuff that they'll have to do, and then basically they just get judged, and yeah, one of them, uh, whoever wins all the challenges, I think they get some money or yeah. something. Yeah, and a canvas is a is a human. <laughs> I yeah. don't know, like if you're not familiar with tattoos, this this episode's probably really weird, but yeah, like um, I think I would like to be. Like a, just a free canvas. Like somebody come tattoo me, because yeah. I love to. I love. I love my tattoos. Okay. Um, also, in addition, many celebrities have made tattoos more acceptable in recent years. And that's the last part of that. Right. Um, so, author and sociology professor Beverly Ewan Thompson wrote, "Covered in ink, tattoos, women, and the politics of the body." So this is my jam. Hold on tight. Um, on the history of tattooing and how it has been normalized for specific gender roles in the U.S. She also released a documentary called Covered, which I would like to watch. Um, it really highlighted the gendered nature of tattoos. Um, it was a historical um, ethnography on how, in American culture, men and women are tattooed differently. Men are generally more heavily tattooed and women are not. Like They're lightly tattooed. 
The artistic style is historically different too. For example, women get like flowers and fairies and all this kind of stuff. And then men get like skulls and like really masculine, traditionally masculine artwork. Um, These norms written in the social rules of tattooing imply what's considered the correct way for a gender to be tattooed. When women step outside of the lightly tattooed concept by choosing tattoos of a masculine design and on parts of the body that are like not easy to cover, which are like your forearms and your legs and stuff like that, it's common to face certain types of discrimination from the public. Women who are heavily tattooed can report being stared at in public, denied a certain, um, certain employment opportunities. They face judgment from members of their family and may even receive sexist or homophobic slurs by strangers. So her study kind of like covered that. Yeah. Yeah. So I can see a lot of that like yeah. definitely ringing true, especially like I can see it definitely being like oh maybe homophobic slurs and mm-hmm. stuff like that, and yeah. and it's awful. But I'm not sure I quite agree with um, the denied certain employment opportunities more so than men based on their tattoos. I feel like that's a pretty it's a pretty a, common a pretty yeah, univer- I, universal concern for both men and women who I, are tattooed, you know, where it's easily visible. I agree. However, like I'm not I'm not going to like disagree with that, but I think this is th- I think what it's referring to here is heavily tattooed. So like it's different if like cuz like me I have this tattoo on my wrist. That's not going to that's whatever. Yeah. But, like, with a huge forearm tattoo, like, a woman who has that versus a man who has that may be, like, um, like discriminated against differently, I think is what they're saying. Maybe. So, I don't know. I don't... I'm not sure. But I do know that I work with... Um, I work with people. We have a Tattoo Lovers channel at work and stuff like that. And um, some of them, many of them, have reported being, like, denied entry to, like, certain business establishments. Really? Mm-hmm. Because, like, some of them have, like, neck and, like, hand tattoos and things like that. And so, like, they... I don't know. Like, what the heck? I know. I mean, so... Okay. So, they're denied entrance to a business estab- establishment literally based on the color of their skin. Yep. Because their skin is... Not is, their natural is color. Colored. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, That's ridiculous. Yeah. It's... It's insane. It's absolutely insane. Right. Um, now, so, granted, I don't think that tattooed people have the same plight as African Americans, but yes, because tattoos know, are just, a choice. I just think that's a little. It's a little, you know, almost humorous that that's where we are. That we're still like, oh, you look this way, but you can't come into my store. Yeah, it's like it's it's so sad. It's it's incredibly sad. Um, there have been a lot of actually good sociological studies on how tattoos have propelled like feminist social theory forward mm-hmm. and like just how tattoos have changed over the course of time and like what's considered socially acceptable, you know, what's not, all that kind of stuff. So it's very, very interesting. Right. Um, oh, another little tidbit. Um, in 2013, Miss Kansas, 2013, um, Teresa Vale, she became the first Miss America contest contestant to show off tattoos during the swimsuit competition. Um, it was the insignia of the U.S. Army Dental Corps on her left shoulder and one of the Serenity Prayer along the right side of her torso. Mm. 2013, the first contestant ever. Right. Like, that wasn't that long ago. Yeah, like seven years. That's it's, that's nuts. Like, I'm surprised that none of the other contestants, I wonder if they covered them up with makeup, though, now that I think about it. It's possible, but, I mean, 
most of the, the people that do like the Miss America stuff, like they've been doing pageants and stuff like that their whole life. Yeah, that's kind of their so thing. like before they were really old enough to get tattoos, they would have already been doing that and probably been convinced that it would not be a, not a good idea to that's true get that's tattoos true. on their body beauty pageants i have a weird thing about beauty pageants anyway so that's that's a topic for another day um okay so do you want to hear a little bit about the tattoo machine yeah let's let's talk about okay it. so i don't have a lot because apparently it's more complex than i originally thought mm-hmm. who to thunk Okay, so the predecessor to the tattoo machine was the electric pen, invented by Thomas Edison and patent under the wow. title uh, Stencil Pens in Newark, New Jersey. Um, it was originally intended to be used as a duplicating device, but in 1891, Samuel O'Reilly discovered that Edison's machine could be modified and used to introduce ink into the skin and later patented a tube and needle system to provide an ink reservoir. How cool is that? Thank you, Thomas Edison. You made tattoos possible. And thank you, Samuel O'Reilly, for changing it up and making it a reality. Okay. So, while O'Reilly's machine was based on the tattoo rotary technology of Edison's device, modern tattoo machines use electromagnets. The first machine based on this technology was a single coil machine patented by Thomas Riley of London um, just 20 days after O'Reilly filed the patent for his rotary machine. Um, For his machine, Riley placed a modified doorbell assembly in a brass box. The modern two-coil configuration was patented by Alfred Charles South, also of London. Thank you, London. Uh, Because it was so heavy, a spring was often attached to the top of the machine and the ceiling to take the weight off of the operator's hand. Right, okay. So it was, they kind of like attached it to the ceiling so it wouldn't be quite so heavy. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, that's good because I'm sure, you know, tattooing with this big heavy thing, after a while, it's going to look a little little crooked. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But um, apparently there are like lots of different um, tattoo guns or machines, like which I I didn't know about. Like one's for lining, one for shading, one for like all this kind of stuff. And then there's also like differing coil systems. So Mm -hmm. like I think most of them are like a double coil system, but they have a triple coil system, whatever that means. I wonder if that one's... Now, is that for like the modern ones Mm -hmm. or... Yeah. Because I noticed that, you know, you said something about in Samuel O'Reilly's when he first made it, it, there was a tube and needle system with an ink reservoir. Mm -hmm. But whenever I got tattooed... They don't have that. Right. They don't have the reservoir. They just kind of like dip it into the ink. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, kind of work the needles a little bit in the ink, and then just kind of go from there. So I wonder when I think, they lost the reservoir. I wonder if it was lost. I do want to do some more reading on that. I wonder if they got rid of it because they couldn't control the flow. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, like they couldn't necessarily control the amount of ink that was being distributed onto the the canvas, the right. body. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, and I can see that. If you dip the needles into the like into the ink then you have a little bit more control over like what what it's going to look like kind of stuff you know yeah you also mentioned so that there were different they had different guns to do different like things like outlining and shading and coloring and stuff Mm -hmm. like that uh most modern ones now though they just kind of switch out the needles Mm -hmm. out of the gun yeah yeah so but like it's like and then like the actual machine itself some of them have like two coils and some of them have like three or whatever. I don't know the difference in that or whatever, but mm-hmm. yeah, I thought that was super interesting because yeah. I had did, no, did, you, did it, did anything you read say what the coils actually do? Like, does that give it more power or something? Or? No, I didn't read, I didn't 
I didn't read that far into it. I just thought it was so interesting that there were different that there were different kinds. I was like, oh, I just thought there was like this one tattoo machine that you just use, mm-hmm. and like you said, like you change out the needles, you know? Right. So. All right, so that's that's about the gun. Let's talk about some of the actual styles okay. for tattoos. Are we ready? I included links, so because you have the computer, so you can look at some of the links of what I've what I looked up. So a lot of the information I got on style came from tattoodo.com. Okay, so let's start with traditional. It's also called old school or classical. It's known for its bold lines, bright colors, and iconic designs like roses, anchors, and gorgeous lady heads. So this is kind of what you would think of as like flash, right? This right. is kind of like that that kind of stuff. Um, like I said, like I hate to call it cartoonish, but it kind because that seems to detract from the beauty. Uh, in a lot of these images, but um, there's another style that actually is cartoonish, but we'll get to it in a minute. Um, in 1905, a man named Lou Alberts was selling the first commercial tattoo flash sheets. With the invention of the tattooing machine, businesses or business had um, been growing for tattooists and the demand for new designs and more ideas became imminent. This helped spread the iconography and specific styles of traditional tattooing across the states. And soon there was a unified aesthetic of traditional Americana. So this is the one that I was talking about earlier that says like a heart with like mom in it. Yeah. And it's like bold colors, it's heavy lines, that kind of stuff. Right, so like typical stuff you would see on like bikers depicted in TV shows. Right, right. And like if you go to a tattoo parlor shop, whatever, and you look through their flash sheets, they, you know, that's kind of what you're going to see there. Right. Yeah. Also, if you've ever been to like a flash sale, that tattoo shops usually have like on Friday the 13th or special events, all kind of stuff. They have like pre-made stuff that they can just like hammer out pretty quickly, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, okay. So realism. So this is like a picture on your body. Uh, realism has been part of the fine art world since pretty much forever, but it only found its way into the world of tattoos recently, cropping up around the latter half of the 20th century. I can see that because it's probably a lot more difficult to get that onto a human skin than mm-hmm. it would be onto like an inanimate canvas. Exactly, exactly. Um, since then, this tattoo style has become increasingly refined and extremely popular. As it now stands, you can find jaw-dropping color and black and gray portraits of pretty much any celebrity you can think of, as well as realistic depictions of nature and just about anything else imaginable, even like surrealism and stuff like that. So this is basically like a photograph on your body. Right. Yeah. It's like those people who get pictures of their dogs, which I wouldn't be opposed with. I like these guys. (laughs) Mm, I don't know about our dogs. They're kind of (laughs) terrible. Okay, so watercolor, it's pretty self-explanatory. Like the fine art um, that's inspired its stylish creation, watercolor tattoos are usually beautiful, um, organic, graceful plates of color that use the skin as a canvas, rather newly founded. The trend has since been um, a lift due to artists that continue to push the aesthetic methods and concepts to new heights of ingenuity. So I did read somewhere that artists question how these tattoos will age due to a lack of lining. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I've seen, especially recently, I've seen a lot of stuff where they'll, they'll do watercolors where they actually do an outline mm-hmm. and then they'll do like watercolor like blotches over the lined design. Mm-hmm. And that looks pretty cool. It does. It's but almost, yeah, I yeah. can see where those, like the edges of the color where it's not actually lined in, 
like when it starts to fade a little bit, it's going to be kind of hard to distinguish. Right, exactly. And that, and so, and that's actually something that uh, Tattoo Dude talked about. It talks about how some people are adding lines and some people are, it's kind of like because it's so new, people are kind of pushing the the envelope, I guess, with it and kind of the see, seeing what works, what doesn't, you know, testing things out. It's like a giant experiment. Right. So I do like watercolor tattoos, but I, I worry about the fading and, mm-hmm. you know, because I don't, I don't necessarily, and that's why I don't really want to get anything on my hands because, you know, we wash our hands a lot, especially these days, like, you know, don't want it to fade so much and have to like go back and redo it and all that. Right. So, yeah. Um, okay. So tribal. Tribal tattoos are cool. I really like tribal. Okay. So. Every time I hear of tribal tattoos, I always think of the rock. Oh, with I know. big shoulder piece. I know. It's massive. So this is also known as indigenous body art. They are the oldest in the world, dating back thousands of years. This style should actually be thought of as multiple styles, or more so different traditions of tattooing from Aboriginal communities all around the globe. Um, These diverse and beautiful styles are frequently referred to under the umbrella term tribal. But to the trained eye, Polynesian body art is distinctive from Maori tattoos, just like the tattoos on the, I'm going to butcher this, okay. Inupiaq. Inupiaq matriarchs' faces are different from those found on the Berber or Amazigh women. So, Inupiaq, yeah? I think so. Inupiaq women used uh, used to get tattoos often prominently displayed on their face when they face when they matured or were ready to accept the responsibilities that come with womanhood. Hmm. And then the Amazigh or Berber women they tattooed their faces, feet, arms, and other body parts for beauty, health, and protection. So, like like it says, like the trained eye can tell the difference between seemingly similar Aboriginal and like tribal um, tattoos. Right. Well, I mean, it's just like anything else. Like, you know, archaeologists and and um, anthropologists, like they can tell the difference between different like cultures, ancient artworks, mm-hmm. just by looking at them. But a lot of people probably, you know, they're like, oh, that's old. Your yeah. common layman would not would <laughs> yeah. not know the difference. Yeah. Um, so although all of these styles are unique in the Aboriginal artwork style of tattoo, um, they're somewhat similar. They're almost always done in black with elaborate patterns. That's kind of their unifying form. Right. Yeah. So I, I actually, I truly, I think it's beautiful. I think that style is gorgeous. So, okay. So new school. Um, it isn't really all that new anymore. It rose to prominence in the weirdness that was the late 80s and early 90s, but lately it has waned in popularity. This is probably because it was very much a product of the time featuring a highly animated aesthetic that takes after popular entertainment from that period in American history. The style is cartoonish and wacky, featuring characters and other exaggerated figures. Vivid tones, eye-catching characters, rounded shapes, and cartoonish concepts are part of the style of new school tattoos. Mm So much like American traditional tattoos or neo-traditional tattoos, um, new school tattoos use bold black lines to keep uh, the color from spreading. And they also use large shapes and designs to help with the ability to easily form highly legible tattoos. So these are the ones like um, Ren and, like I saw the example, like Ren and Stimpy, right? Like these mm-hmm. huge pieces that are like almost, um, almost look like a joke. Right. You know, like... I think they're gorgeous, but, like, they also have, they're, like, I don't know, 
character caricature seems like the best way to explain new school tattoos because right. it's like oh everything's over exaggerated. Right, and kind of a good way to distinguish between traditional and, and new school mm-hmm. or old school and new school. Yeah. Okay. Um, Neo-traditional. It's an evolution of the traditional style. It features the core properties of its predecessor, like pronounced line work and extremely vibrant colors, but it also has an illustrative quality to it. This is because neo-traditional artists are highly influenced by art nouveau and art deco aesthetics. The main difference between traditional tattoos and neo-traditional tattoos is that neo-traditional tattoos often have a broader color palette and a broader range of motifs. Pieces done in this style are known for their lush decorative details as well as the use of natural imagery such as florals and animals, um, brilliant and dramatic colors often in tones that recall Victorian velvets or east coast hues of October's like fall leaves. Merged with lavish details like pearls and fine lace. This is often what comes to mind when one thinks of neo-traditional tattoos. So I would guess that mine is neo-traditional. The one on my thigh is a little bit more neo-traditional. Right. Um, So there's, and there's a link to like images of it. It's really, sorry, drinking my coffee. Really pretty. Um, Okay. Japanese or Irazumi originated during the Edo period, which is 1603 to 1868, alongside wood block block prints that were hugely popular among merchant class at the time, um, called Yukio-e, yeah, Yukio-e. Because of the iconography found in this time-tested genre of body art, come from the countries it comes from like folklore featuring tattooed heroes from um Sukoden and mythological creatures like dragons kirins and phoenixes in short um every tattoo is done in this style tells a story about japan's um, rich past and beyond their dramatic spoke smoke and wave filled appearance this is what makes irizumi masterpieces so powerful so basically they're more like uh, they're more like artwork and they're more like uh What's the what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. It's more symbolic. Kind yes. Of like trying to tell a story. Yeah, yeah. They're definitely very symbolic about like the history of Japan. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of weight with with these kind of tattoos. Um, black work. Stylistically speaking, black work is a very broad term. It applies to almost any body art that's created using solely black ink. But as you can imagine, a lot can be done with this versatile striking color. Looking through black work artists' portfolios, you'll see all kinds of tattoo types from ancient sacred geometry to modern abstract um, ornamental designs to extremely detailed illustrative pieces. Um, It's hands down the style uh, where the most experimentation is currently occurring in the industry, and some of the work being produced today is absolutely mind-blowing. So black work is all-encompassing of pretty much. Yeah, there's a lot of really cool-looking black work stuff. Mm -hmm. I feel like, too, it's a lot of black work um, is, is... I don't know, classier a lot yeah. of times. Yeah. Um, I also feel like it'll last. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll 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 age better. Yeah. I really do like black work. And I think that's part of why I like some of the tribal designs is just because it it's simplistic and n- yeah. not at the same time. It's very elegant and it's very clean. Right. I hate to say simplistic because that seems like condescending, but it's just, I don't know. I just like black work. I like just... It's clean lines, kind of. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 very aesthetically pleasing. Mm-hmm. Everything has its place, and it's just 
It's cool. Have you seen videos of like older tattooing? I know we're kind of like backtracking, but have you watched like old tattoos and like how tribal used to be done and like all that stuff? Mm, I mean, I know how like tribes used to do them, like actual like indigenous peoples. It's pretty cool. It's amazing. Anyways, um, illustrative. So large, a large variety of work can be called illustrative and that's because there are so many techniques and art movements that inspired it. From etching and engraving to abstract expressionism and even fine line calligraphy, this tattoo style is extremely versatile. Many artists who work in the style will blend their own aesthetic with it to create a whole new style of their own. But as long as their tattoos look like they could belong on a piece of paper or a canvas hanging up in a gallery, you'll know it's illustrative. Um, techniques like stippling, dot work, line work, cross hatching, um, modes of applying the ink vary for different textures or desired looks, but are also also often used in varying degrees. Within illustrative tattooing, you'll find artists who do black work, ornamental, abstract, traditional, figurative, all that stuff. So, let's see. So that sounds a lot more like realism almost. Yeah, yeah, it's really similar with that. <clears throat> um, Only I guess there's more like abstract stuff. It's not just like a photo, but like the idea is to be like this very detailed like mm -hmm. piece of art. Absolutely. All right, we got one more style. Chicano. So this one's really fascinating to me. Chicano. Yeah. Chicano, yeah. Um, uh, this style has so much cultural influence that has gone to influence other styles as well. Um, it's steeped in the history of things such as the Mexican Revolution, Los Angeles Lowriders, and... Pachuco. Pachuco culture, thank you. Um, born... Behind bars, the aesthetic evolved from artists in prison who used what few materials they had to beautifully capture what they loved and missed on the outside. So these are like your traditional prison tattoos. Well, you say that, but yes and no. Yes, basically. Well, like, I mean, not like today, like where they just slap stuff on, but like, like your old school, like prison style tattoos. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but much prettier. Right. <laughs> Um, usually fine line, black and gray, and wrapped up in the Ch uh, Chicano culture. This genre of tattooing is absolutely enthralling. The prison culture that since the 40s has deeply influenced Chicano tattoo arts um, is mainly due to arrests that were often a byproduct of xenophobic societal forces on migrant people. Inmates of prisons would piece together a homemade tattoo machine and using only the black or blue ink they had available to them depict which they, uh, that which they knew best. Scenes from gang life, beautiful women, slick lowriders, lettering, Catholic iconography, um, all became the mainstays of Chicano tattoos. So Interesting. Yeah. I thought that was super, like, cause it just reminds me of, um, like, a mural. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Right. Whenever I think of this style is. Yeah. And I, I find it kind of cool because it's like, it's almost like it's a tribal kind of style mm -hmm. for a more modern type of tribe exactly yeah yeah it's beautiful i love it yeah so uh so it looks like that's that's all we've got on tattoos that was really interesting um again this is one of our one of our favorite topics just because we like tattoos we like getting tattoos and things like that and so we're getting actually uh, some matching tattoos next week i know i'm so excited so, yeah this Those one. of you that know us will be showing them to you soon. Yes. Um, but, yeah, we're excited to get them. 
Um, I've been excited to talk about this one. It's, this was really fun. Yeah, and um, I didn't know half of this stuff because I'm definitely... You've been more interested and had tattoos longer than I have. So, yeah, this is super... Yeah, some cool this stuff. This was educational for me. Right, educational. Very interesting stuff here. Um, so, again, that's what we were talking about tattoos today. Um, our coffee today, again, was Dead Man's Reach by Raven's Brew Coffee. I think I may get that tattooed on me, just in like a little... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's got some cool artwork, so who knows? Maybe maybe we should get some coffee tattoos to uh, go along with our podcast. Let's do it. Um, but yeah, we're so excited that you guys came and you know joined us today um, on our date night. We had a lot of fun talking about tattoos with you. Also, um, send us pictures of tattoos. Right? Yeah, if you guys have tattoos, yeah, send us some pictures. That'd be cool. Um, you can email us at datenightcoffeeshop at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at datenightatthecoffeeshop.com. Um, so yeah, go follow us, uh, send us some stuff, uh, send us some coffee ideas, some topic ideas, anything we'd be glad to hear from you guys. Oh yeah. When, when I was looking up topics and stuff like that, I saw, um, I accidentally went, or I went to a random topic generator and I thought it was going to come up like, Oh, here's the word. You can just talk about this. That's not what happened. What happened was it came up with the question, what benefit do you bring to the group when you hang out with your friends? And I thought, that's a little bit heavy for a topic. Yeah, that's super heavy. That's a little heavy. So uh, send us topics, please. Yeah, yeah. Send us some <laughs> stuff to talk about. If you're something you're interested in, let us know. Maybe we'll, we'll even, do an episode on it. And we'll even say your name. Possibly. Yeah. Maybe not. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Um, all right. But again, thanks you guys for you know joining us today. We had a lot of fun. Uh, again, I'm Bart. I'm Sam. And we're so glad you guys joined us on our date night today. Bye. Bye.